Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast, bringing you a special 4th of July Independence Day episode. I'm going to do things a little different. Uh, normally, I you know kind of give a purview of what's going to go on this episode, and then at the end of it, I do social media hits, uh, and Patreon, and all that. I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to start that first, that way I can get into it, uh, and just that way it's something that's not being... You know, built up and then cheapen at the end. So, uh, first of all, you can, you know, hit me up on social medias, facebook.com slash relentless daring. Uh, you find me on Twitter, uh, at daring podcast or my personal account at real Tyler Morgan. Um, also, uh, find me on Patreon, uh, go there, support me. Uh, I've got one patron. Yes. Thank you. For, it's not much, but hey, every little bit helps when you're doing this with a with an imaginary budget. Except, you know, I don't get the latitude of imaginary budget that Congress gets. Um, also, you can go to uh, you know buy merch at uh, shop.spreadshirt.com/slash/relentless hyphen daring yeah i don't know why they stuck the hyphen in there uh check it out i've got t-shirts hats travel cups coffee mugs all that stuff there for sale please again this helps support the podcast helps to helps to grow it so everything you can't you can do to help it's amazing uh also be sure you know also, be sure to go out and uh, on the different platforms that carry us: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, this will go up on YouTube, and also, as always, my gracious, gracious hosts over at Podbean.com. You know, without them, I'd have to use someone else. But. Uh, yeah, uh, on iTunes, listen to it, you know, four things, subscribe, rate it, review it, and share the hell out of it, that way, you know, it improves, it improves the numbers, makes it easier for people to find when the algorithm hits it, so please, 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 help that out as best you can, and, uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into it. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the 
political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same objective events, a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of the public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness in his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected whereby legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose of obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their office and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new officers 
and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, recording quartering large bodies of of armed troops among us for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us, in many cases, of the benefit of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond the seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule in these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our government, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrection amongst us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our, repre- our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time in attempts by their legislatures to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us, we have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity and have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consequently we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies of war in peace friends we therefore the representatives of the united states of america and general congress assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are 
and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all those other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That was the mission statement of the founding of our country. Yet, despite what our founders did to try to slow and eventually end slavery, it was not enough. And it eventually led to a great civil war. A civil war that was started when the South, in a denial of the rights of men, said that we no longer want to be part of this union because if we give up ownership of these people, our economy will collapse. And that was when, to preserve the Union, Lincoln sent the Union armies on the South. For the first two years of the Civil War, things did not go well for the North. They lost many, many battles. And then finally, Abraham Lincoln, after prayer and fasting, he said, no, we are not fighting to preserve this union. We are fighting to end the scourge that is slavery. At the Battle of Gettysburg, hundreds of thousands were lost. And a number of speakers went to the battlefield to consecrate that ground on which Americans on both sides had died. It was there that Abraham Lincoln gave a two and a half minute speech that the original, when asked if he would, if it could be turned in to the press to be printed, it was thought to be so inconsequential. The original, after the typeset was put in place, it was just crumbled up and thrown away. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation, or any nation so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. 
it is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But, in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from the earth Abraham Lincoln November 19th 1863 And I'm going to leave off with one last thing. Also, born out of the Civil War was the funeral dirge that we all know as Taps. Taps was originally start written as a bugle call to signal lights out for Union soldiers. It was usually followed by three hits of the drum used to command the troops on the battlefield, giving it the nickname Taps. It became as it was an ex, officially known as Extinguished Lights in American military manuals until 1891. Since that time, TAPS has been formally recognized as part of U.S. military funerals. The first recorded use of TAPS at a military funeral was for the funeral of a Union cannoneer who was killed in action. Captain John Tidball, the man's commanding officer, decided that the bugle call would be safer than the traditional three rifle volleys over the grave a move that would not be mistaken by any enemy as opening fire on their lines. So I'm going to leave this episode with taps in honor of all of the soldiers who, as Abraham Lincoln said, of those who died fighting at Gettysburg, those brave men and women who gave their last full measure of devotion.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.